TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is, my friends, the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Thrilled to have you guys with us. Here's how you can take part in the show. You can give us a ring at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-326-3663. And on the carpro.com text line at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN, and away you go coming up on the show. All right, on the show today, Jim Zoki joins us. Carolina Panthers. This is not Groundhog Day, okay? Uh, it's Groundhog Day again. He joins us at 3:40. Yeah, at this point, I, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad that they, you know, got rid of the problem and they fired Frank Reich. You know, because things have been going so well since they fired Frank. I know it's been it's been unbelievable. You know, got rid of that cancer, and boy, now the cancer is spread. Diesel, I mean, what what are you going to do? Um, at this point, this is just having Jim Zoki on every week. Diesel is just an exercise in stick-to-itiveness for both of us. For you, for us, and him. You know, I don't know what to talk to him about. Like, well, Mark, isn't that your job? Yeah, I don't know what to talk to him about. Like, this team is years away from doing anything. You know, I feel like our conversations a year from now with Jim Zoki will be exactly like they are right now. You know what I mean? I I, I interacted with a fellow radio personality, this one out of Charlotte, uh, and he asked the question, if you could wave a magic wand and do anything with this team, what would you do? I would say move them out of the Carolinas. Because with this ownership and this toxicity, Panther fans are never going to be happy. The only way to fix what ails Carolina Panthers fans is for Dave Tepper to do what the owner in Major League wanted to do. Move the team somewhere else because we don't want this guy anymore. Well, the problem is, Diesel, that whether he moves the team somewhere else, right, the team is still going to have the problem so long as he is the common denominator, okay? And that, unfortunately, is what needs to change. And when we have Jim Zoki on, he can't say that, Diesel. You know, he can't say that because then, then the guy, and this is not a knock on Jim, this is the reality. It's why I couldn't do what Jim does, right? It's why... You know, when I when we crack our mic, some of you turn some of most of you turn tune in. Some of you turn off because, look, I'm going to tell you what I believe. And we're in a society right now where, you know, a lot of a lot of people want flowers and mints. And that's not who we are. That's not what we do. 
It's not what we do. So I commend Jim. I understand why he can't throw Dave Tepper under the bus. You know, he's got a great gig. He wants to keep that gig. I'm not beholden to Dave Tepper. You know, my um, my boss said to me today, Mark, I I heard you on um, on CBS Sports Radio on the weekend uh, really going after David Tepper. And he goes, then I heard calls from the Carolinas started coming in, like from people who listen to us locally. Yeah, yeah, people are pissed. You know, they have a right to be pissed, like the guy has taken a napalm to the franchise, and it's brutal. Jim Zoki at 3.40 p.m., Chris Phillips at 4.40 p.m., had a chance over the weekend to speak to Hall of Fame head coach Dick Vermeil. We'll share that interview with you coming up at 5.20 p.m. this afternoon. Along the way, a ton of fun topics, but let's open with the Dins. So we were all at the company Christmas party on Friday night. And we weren't going to miss the company Christmas party, but we wanted to ensure that we were able to get that Furman game on. Right? So like, oh, I don't know, maybe halfway through the Christmas party or so, uh, there's this huge screen TV. Uh, our boss man lives, uh, well, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that, so I won't. But he's got his his community has a nice clubhouse. All right? And... Um, so we put the game on big screen TV in the clubhouse. We're watching it. You know, it didn't, the the party ended before the game ended. Um, and I want to say, you know, that it's hard to know what to say, right? Because you don't want to ever have moral victories at the same time. I felt so damn proud of this team. So damn proud. And yeah, you can say the, what if like, man, what if you had been able to beat, one and nine Wofford with your backup quarterback, that shouldn't have been a major issue, right? They couldn't. They didn't. As a result of that, they had to do this. But, brother, they were a 16-point underdog against Montana. And that game went into overtime. And Josh Pate tells us when a game goes into overtime, that's a betting pick What happens in overtime is irrelevant. You know, that means the game ended in a tie when it goes into overtime as far as Las Vegas is concerned. So think about what Furman accomplished there. Okay, yeah, they took the L in overtime, but they got to overtime as a 16-point underdog. In the end, for me, watching this game, and I'm not sure what you, how you felt about it, Diesel, but it just seemed too hard for Furman to complete a pass. Montana successfully took away the run, and then it was like, you know, it was like it just kind of felt like, I was running routes for Furman against an FBS-quality opponent, and they were blanketed every single play. I felt bad for Tyler Huff. Nobody was open. You know, like the, the, the fourth down conversion to, to cause overtime was a miracle play. You know, it was just kind of thrown up to the dogs. Six, seven, tight end goes up and gets it. I, I felt like it was too hard for them to make plays in that game. Everybody was blanketed. Everybody was covered. You did get the sense that Montana was probably a better team. However, you never know what could have happened if that game was in Paladin Stadium. Yeah, you know, and and you hear it all the time that these games, these tight games, come down to just a play or two. You know, I thought Montana got away with a pretty egregious bad block in the back on that punt return for touchdown there at the end of regulation. But, you know, Furman lost that game because they just weren't able to complete passes. Tyler Huff was even hitting receivers in the hands 
and they were dropping passes. I mean, maybe a function of it being 30 degrees and your hands get a little stiff and you're not catching the ball, you're not uh, you're not as as dexterous as you normally are. I'm not sure what it was, but you know, there's a lot of drop passes there at the end of that game. But then again, Furman shouldn't have been in that position because that that punt return should have been called back. I think there were like even two blocking the backs on that punt return, and the the referees missed both. But you can't blame the refs. I I I I'd never go after that low hanging fruit. It was the refs' fault. Uh, it's your fault for not for for not locking the thing up when you had the chance. Uh, still, what an amazing run for Furman Athletics, right? Like the Cinderella, the darling of March Madness for beating Virginia. I still have on my phone uh, a video recording of the NBC NBC National News opening up their coverage with Furman. You know, like they only have half an hour and it's national news and it's not a sports show. Furman leads the NBC News. And then this season, man, you know, like Clay Hendricks tells you because of the academics at Furman, because of the size of Furman, it's a smaller school. Furman doesn't have a 25,000-seat stadium that they fill. You know, like it's the challenges are different at Furman. Um, But I always value the teams in sports that get more out of less. You know, like Arizona in college football this year, right? More out of less. Iowa, more out of least. I mean, last-ranked offense in the Big Ten championship game. I really value those teams. Like, that means a lot to me. And Furman is that team. Is this the ceiling for what they can accomplish um, in this era? It could be. You know, and what's disappointing is, again, you know, maybe that ceiling is one or two games further if they just beat one and nine Wofford. You Wofford fans are flexing. You should. I get it. I understand. Um, But at the same time, so I'm weird. You know, like I'm weird here. I'm feeling odd because I don't do moral victories at all. But I'm also really proud of this team. I feel a bit like Switzerland right now, just kind of straddling the fence. Um, I would have loved for them to have won the game. It just it it felt to me. And then like you had um, Furman go for two in the win. And then there was the, the the false start. It looked like the play for two wasn't going to work anyway. Like, it looked like Montana had that pretty well-blanketed, creative play, swing pass to the running back that was then going to halfback pass it into the end zone. It didn't look like it was going to work. Um, and it just, in the end, you know, they t- Montana took away the run. It was too hard for Furman to pass, and nobody was open. So it, it became very difficult to have an offense. And then Montana had two special teams touchdowns, opening kickoff return. Hard to overcome that. Punt return. Hard to overcome that. A game goes into overtime. 14 of their points were because of kick returns and punt returns. They always say, you've got to be sound in the kicking game, right? So always want to give fair analysis to Furman. Um, I, I know that the Furman people have been saying, you know, nothing about nothing but really positive sentiments, affirmations to their team. Um, And I understand and I appreciate that. It is a special season. However, I'm going to hearken back to something Dan Scott said at the end of basketball season. He said, Furman is ready and it's high time for this season no longer to be the exception but the norm. That way for the football team as well. Okay, this is a team, this is a program that has won a football national championship. Why not you? Why not now? Why not? 
right? Keep it going. You had a very, very senior-laden team. You're going to lose a lot. Tyler Huff is gone. Um, that was an FBS-caliber quarterback, but uh, I will say, guys, I'm, I'm tremendously proud of these guys, proud of what they accomplished. It would have been fun, a blast for that ride to continue just a little bit longer. Uh, Diesel, who won uh, the, um, what was it, South Dakota, North Dakota State? Do you know who won that game by chance? Uh, in any case, it would have been an absolute blast if Furman had gotten to host North Dakota State, you know, the, the, powerhouse of, the powerhouse of all powerhouses in the FCS, that would have been a blast. The other thing we'd like to get to in the open today, did you see what happened last night? <laughs> Chiefs and Bills. Fourth quarter, second and 10, a minute 12 to go on the Buffalo 49-yard line. Kansas City had the ball. Okay, Um, and they were down three points, 20 to 17. Incredible play by Kansas City. Pass for 30 yards to Travis Kelsey, who then throws a backwards pass, not a lateral, but a pass to a wide open Kadarius Toney, who then takes it for a touchdown. The problem is what had happened was that Kadarius Toney was offsides. Well, I'll tell you what, the Chiefs did not like that he was called for offsides. And Patrick, Patrick Mahomes here speaks to uh, Kadarius Toney, former Florida Gator, having that touchdown called back. I mean, it's I mean, obviously tough to swallow. Um, I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that, I mean – for a guy like Travis to make a play like that, and who knows if we win. But as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, don't, it, I mean, they're human, men. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something, and all I can do is go out there and give everything I have. And I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended – Another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. Well, here's the problem, Patrick. And by the way, swallow that frog in your throat. Uh, it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was the right call. You can't do that. You can't line up off sides and then complete the play if the referees see it. It wasn't a mistake by the refs. It was a mistake by Kadarius Tony. Patrick Mahomes' uh, little hissy fit here continues. He says, I have never seen this in the National Football League. Patrick, what, what do you, lack of a better term, what made it boil over? Was it that itself or was it the... It's the call, man. Just in that moment, I mean, it's, it's not even for my, myself or for me. It's just I know how much everybody puts into this game and for it to, to happen on a flag change the outcome of a game... Um, and that moment, I mean, I, I've played seven years, never had that, never had offense all sides called. I mean, that's we, that's elementary school. We we talk about. I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and and it doesn't get called. And if it does, you, they warn you, and there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. Um, it's, it's tough, man. It, it, I mean, it's lost for words, man. It's just it's tough because regardless if we win or lose, man. 
just just for the, it to end up with another game and we're talking about the refs, man. It's just not what we want for any for the NFL and for football. Let me let me tell you what Patrick Mahomes did a good job of there, right? He did a good job of deflecting and not really making it ugly and personal with the refs. But let me tell you where he failed miserably in that the only arrow should be pointed at Kadarius Tony, and you might imagine as a Gator, that's not the easiest thing for me to admit. But the team, the Chiefs, lined up for that play in Kansas City. Kadarius Toney was in Arizona. Like, there's levels to this. He might as well have been playing in the Bills' secondary with where he was when that ball was snapped. So stop blaming the refs and start blaming your guy. He screwed it up. Why is Kadarius Toney about to be on his third team in three years? Because he doesn't play like a smart football player. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. He drops passes. I was shocked that he caught that pass by Travis Kelsey. Shocked. You know, like he's electric with the ball in his hands, but it's just at the NFL level, we've just seen bonehead play after bonehead play, man. Bonehead. Here's what Patrick. It's on him. Here's what Patrick should have said. He said, man, that was an incredible play, except it didn't count because we lacked fundamentals at the time. That's all you got to say. Yes, and stop pointing the finger at somebody else. Now, I'll tell you guys this, okay? Like I heard after the broadcast all year long last year, they called that twice. This year they've called it 11 times so far. All right? Again, if you are close, the referee is probably going to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's a call they don't want to make. Canaries Tony was lined up on Buffalo's side of the football. That's called a competitive advantage, bro. Like, what, what, what are you doing? I, like, so, to me, spare me the blame of the officials. Spare me that, all right? I don't care when the call was made. Over the weekend, Diesel, and this was completely unsolicited, uh, I had Rick Barry on, NBA Hall of Famer, and he said to me he used to get frustrated with the officials in the playoffs because they'd be like, you don't call that in the playoffs. And he's like, excuse me, that was a foul two weeks ago in the regular season. Did you guys send me the playbook rule book? Because two weeks ago that was a foul. I didn't get another rule book. Okay? When did this stop becoming a foul? This notion that at times you call this and at times you, you don't, it's just totally foreign to me, man. Totally foreign. And I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave you guys here with this, is that I've never been an unwritten rule guy. Okay? If you want me to follow a rule... You better put it in writing. Otherwise, I'm not following it. I think you guys know that by now. You know, this show is offsides, and Mark and Diesel do some things that from time to time are a little left of center. Yeah, we do. But unless it's a rule, we're not paying attention to it. Don't pimp your homer, they say. Okay, don't give up the home run. Don't showboat in the waiting seconds of a blowout NBA game. Don't get blown out, right? Texter Don't here. try to bunt. Yeah, sorry. Texter has a good point. He says they want the refs to give them warnings like they're eight playing peewee football. That's called gamesmanship. You are gaming the referees to see what they will allow you to get away with, a.k.a. I'm cheating to see what the refs will call and won't call, and I'm hoping that they give me a warning, which they typically do, instead of calling the penalty which they should be calling all the time. Every single time. 
You know, there was a game we were talking about Diesel earlier in the year. I think it was Monday Night Football, uh, Lions, Chiefs, or Thursday Night Football, first game of the year. The Chiefs had an offensive lineman that was starting early every single play. They didn't call it. You know, so this is the problem. You don't have consistency in the calls. But you can't blame the officials for calling what's in the rule book. Another unwritten rule, don't try to bunt to break up a no-hitter. Well, guess what? All right? If the game is one to nothing, I'm bunting to break up your no-hitter. I don't care about your no-hitter. Don't steal bases when you're up by five runs. Okay, but what if you guys have a six-run inning? How do I know how many runs is too much? If the, if the guys at the corner are know? playing back to try to defend a ground ball and a bunt is there, I'm going to take it. I want to get on base. My job is to get on base, not protect your no-hitter. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't – I've never been the unwritten rules guy. How can you call that there? The refs were wrong for calling that, Gare. I can't get over the call. Well, wait a minute. Is it an advantage in life to have a head start? You know, like if you had the 100-meter dash in the Olympics – and, um, you know, the guy that wanted to beat Usain Bolt had a, had, a, had a step head start. Is that an advantage? Guess what happens when you get caught getting a half a step head start? You're eliminated, disqualified. Patrick, Kadarius Tony had two steps of a head start. He's lining up on Buffalo's side. Okay? So Since he was again, offsides, guys, can we again. try to get him on this show offsides? Should we call him up? That's right. That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to say, man. Let's make it happen. Um, never again, guys, say that I'm biased. Never again say that. In the last couple of weeks, I've given you the most staunch defense for Florida State you could possibly find, and I'm sitting here saying, why is Kansas City blaming the, blaming the officials and not blaming the Florida Gator? He was wrong. He blew it. He way too often plays like a not very smart player. And that's about as kind as I can put it. All right? About as kind as I can put it. So spare me the, the, you know, the pity party here, okay? You guys should have won that game. You should have, right? As it is, to me, Kansas City is no longer in my first class of teams that can uh, make the Super Bowl this year or win the Super Bowl this year. No longer in that class. All right? In that class for me, uh, I have the Baltimore Ravens, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys. Kansas City's now been bumped to standby. All right? I'll give you the full list in the top five at five. Don't worry. All right. What to make of Clemson's hot start in basketball? Big picture, what we think of where the program is all told. And rumors abound on Clemson's college football realignment all of that is next here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere it's offsides mark ryan and diesel and we are the fan upstate tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four donchich the step back three you bet music you said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, 
T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the fan upstate. Thrilled to have you guys with us. Truly do appreciate you. Yeah, cut the crap, Kansas City. It's a foul. You're guilty. All right. Don't don't deflect. Don't redirect. Don't gaslight. The problem lies within you. You don't have enough on the outside. That was proven all the more when Kadarius Tony couldn't stay on side. And look, you gave Buffalo, who's got their own problems, a chance to stay alive. Ha 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 ha. Staying alive. They had a uh, a six percent chance to make the playoffs with a loss a 23% chance to make the playoffs now that they have won. Let's see what you guys are saying on the carpro.com text line. <laughs> Texter says, we're going to talk about how you ch- went in, on earlier today and cheated on Diesel with D-Cell. There can only be one Diesel, D-Cell, Beagle, or whatever you must pick. Haha, <laughs> so says UNC Chris. So UNC Chris, yeah, guys, this was nuts. So... Um, like a r- roughly every other week, I, I get to do a show for CBS and it's a ton of fun. Right. But then on that Sunday, I'm wiped out, you know, because I've done six days of shows in a row. The CBS show usually gets over at 10 PM at night. I'm wired when I get off of that. So I'm getting to bed at like two in the morning and then I'm up in this particular Sunday yesterday. I'm, I've, uh, I'm with Jackson Mom's at work, and so Jackson and I are hanging out, and I am wiped. Suddenly, I get a text, get the little ding on the phone, and it's CBS, and they said, uh, Mark, would you be up for hosting Writer Than You tomorrow? And I said, yes, I would. I like that show quite a bit. Uh, it's two hours. I think they know when I, when I host locally, um, but it's two hours, and I, I thought about it, and I said, I think I can make that happen i think i can make that work um but to your point i had a blast it was a ton of fun my wife was confused because she's like diesel and d cell that's the name of their producer and it was the same it was the same problem it was the same issue you're right but man thank you for noticing that man i had a had a blast it was a ton of fun uh texter says mark question uh i got a chance to watch the jaguars and cleveland browns football game this weekend just FYI, uh, let me see here. The game and the play was putrid, but that's not my point. The Cleveland Browns had some sort of elf picture emblem on the field that was just ridiculous. What is that and who the hell came up with that idea? I don't know the story. I've seen it. I don't know the story. I'd tell you more about it if I could. I don't know, I, I don't know the story. Texter says, bad enough that the Panthers are a joke, but they traded away all of their draft picks for this. Yeah. And hey, at least you're not us. You know, at least you don't have to have an interview with somebody in the very next segment who can't really tell us the truth. You know, he can't really do it. His name is Brownie the Elf, Mark. 
Yeah, what is that? What's the story there? Brownie the Elf. I'm reading it right here. Brownie the Elf uh, made his will make his 2022 debut as a Cleveland Browns midfield logo. This is an old article, obviously. Uh, the choice was met with a collective, huh? Uh, a lot of people asking, what is this? What is this big elf at midfield? Uh, they described the, A lot of people described the move as a massive L. Uh, they are putting it on logo, on hats, and on gear to try to sell. It's It's got to be um, – it's – A fail? A fail? Well, yeah, it's a fail. But it, it's it's got to be in, in the response to, uh, you know, the potential racist undertones of the Cleveland Browns mascot and name. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it is uh, – that's where it comes from. Texter says Dave Tepper needs to go after Mike Tomlin. Now think about this for a minute, Texter. <laughs> You know, think about this. He tried to get Mike Tomlin fired. Yeah, think about this for a minute. Like, why would anybody go from Scarlett Johansson to Roseanne Barr? That's what would be going from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Carolina Panthers. Why would you do that? Mark, did I hear you on CBS Sports Radio Nash this weekend? You did. And maybe today, uh, if you were listening in. Uh, Texter says, Furman needs to keep their heads up high. They had an incredible run. Yes, Texter, yes. That is 50% of the equation, right? Now it's all about maintaining this or taking it to the next level. Texter says both Reed and Mahomes are crybabies. The replay doesn't lie. He lined up offside to say that the refs ruin the game is really pathetic. Uh, Mark, I watched the whole game. North Dakota State crushed South Dakota. So had Furman won. They'd have been hosting North Dakota State this week. Not saying that would have gone well, okay? But they would have been hosting this week. Uh, let's see here. Texter says uh, there's a rule in football. You have to announce to the ref if you're off the line or on the line. Uh, Texter says with all the drops and that screw up last night, I'm shocked he didn't get cut today. They could have cut Kadarius Tony a couple times and they haven't. Texter says Mahomes was wrong. Ref shouldn't have not, should not have to warn professionals. Texter says they want the refs to give them warnings like they're eight years old playing peewee ball. That's the one that Diesel got to. Uh, Texter says, how about the, them Ravens? Yeah, uh, and in first class inside my Super Bowl bubble. Very, very good. Texter says, I'll tell you what Mahomes did there. Take credit away from Buffalo. If the reverse had happened, I'll bet he wouldn't have been complaining. Kansas City has gotten many calls since Mahomes became Mahomes. Uh, he's kind of entering in the LeBron James era of his career when he's bitching and moaning yeah. about not getting calls. Yeah. Texter says defenses never get a warning for offsides. Texter says the refs will yell at you to get off the line or announce, but it was so loud I'm sure they didn't hear him. Texter says QBs like Mahomes routinely make great plays on defense, uh, defensive offside plays with a free shot downfield. I guess that's okay, but not when you're – own team has the penalty. Kadarius Tony lined up in Arizona. He was so far west. Go west, young man. Kadarius took that a little too far. Texter says QBs like, uh, let's see. Uh, Texter says, Mark, you know if it's and butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. As much as it pains me to say it, Texter says, I think the Super Bowl will be Cowboys and Ravens. That's a good idea, Texter. What would our Super Bowl pick be today? Predict predictions for both Carolina and Clemson basketball. 
Clemson goes 25 and 5, 15 and 5 in the ACC. This is a Gamecock saying this. So, Clemson fans, perk your ears up for this. Gamecocks go 22 and 9 and 10 and 8 in the SEC. Well, the, the numbers you gave me, Spur Daddy, are good enough for a texter, are good enough for Clemson to make the March Madness. But are those 22 and 9 and 10 and 8 good enough for the Gamecocks to do the same? What say you, Spur Daddy? Texter Mark, uh, let's see, Clemson and Notre Dame tonight for the Soccer National Championship. Yes, sir. Uh, the LeBron Mahomes comparison could not be more accurate. Can't do it. You just cannot do it. Let's go to the phones, and we've got Rich in Chicago leading us off. Rich, what's good, buddy? You're offsides. Hey, hey, Mark, I got a couple of things for you. I've got another guest for you. That's a, that's a Gator that did a, uh, a Kadarius Tony yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, I had to be a witness to it. I didn't go to the game, but I had to play on Detroit. Anzalone, and I don't remember this guy. You might, because he was not long after you. On uh, Detroit Lions right now. Yeah, he's really good, right? He had yeah. two penalties that stopped, that stopped the Bears on fourth down that converted into a field goal and a touchdown on subsequent play. So, you know, you talk about culture, I think there's a gator flu going on. You can get him on uh, offsides. I'd so love put to. Him on the Anything list. else you got? Yeah, I was going to talk about, I told Diesel, the primary reason my call is to give you and your listeners a little, a little uh, in, insight for the bowl games. I went and took a look at okay. all the opt-outs and the transfers that you need to take a hard look at before you play any bowl game. And I've got four for you that uh, are, are obscure teams that will dominate. And this may surprise you. I'll give them to you real fast. Liberty against Oregon, Troy against Duke, James Madison against Air Force, and Arizona will crush Oklahoma. If you play those four teams in, in a four-team parlay, it's 13-1. to 1300 for a $100 bet on a 14 parlay. I like them straight up, all four. And people don't follow these kind of guys because they're looking at the big schools. Uh, Arizona is loaded. Liberty is a well-kept secret. Troy's got the best defense in the South. And James Madison should have been un- unbeaten if it wasn't for App State. So those are the four plays for people who like to wager you know, I don't know if you're into that or not, but I got to tell you, this you got to look at the opt-outs. There's a ton of guys in the trans. There are nine starting quarterbacks in bowl games that are in the transfer portal. It's interesting, man. It's it it really is interesting. You know, I've taken a temporary hiatus from college football. I needed to step away for for the weekend. Um, I was still so upset about Florida State. Shifted my focus yep. to Shohei Otani. Shifted my focus a little bit uh, to what's going on in the NFL. We'll get back into college football uh, later this week, but I hope that's okay with you guys. I needed a break. I need, like I, I just needed a little bit of a break, and then to have the whole season culminate with uh, false lies and propaganda and corruption was, uh, frankly, more than I could stomach. Rich in Chicago, always good to hear from you, my um, my good friend. Always good to. Uh, to hear from you, man. Uh, it's a it's it's a pleasure. It really, really is, especially how we met, man. It means a lot. Means a lot to me. So, uh, so all that is to say, my friends, 
coming up next on the show. We have got Jim Zoki joining us. This is a challenging interview. I think the interview is going to sound much next year like it does this year. I think the Panthers are light years away from being competitive. So what do we make of that? And uh, in any case, how is Jim's mood, given what's going on with the Carolina Panthers right now? All of that is next here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the Fan Upstate. You know, it was another hapless, hopeless performance by the Carolina Panthers. One where there wasn't much in the way of hope at all. Bryce Young, 13 for 36, no touchdown passes. Uh, Bryce Young now has no touchdowns at all in the last three weeks. Jalen Carter on defense has won over the last three weeks for the Philadelphia Eagles. He plays defensive tackle. Bryce Young plays quarterback. Carolina is now 1-12, and and somewhat miraculously, they still have four games to play. Uh, guys, you know, you're struggling to come up with jumping off points. You're struggling to find positives. Simply put, Bryce Young was awful yesterday. Awful. He had a QBR of 12.6, averages 50. He had a rating of 48. Think of a rating on like uh, the grades you would get in high school on a, on a test. 48 was his, was his grade. 13 for 36, 137 yards. Why are we not seeing progress with him? Joining us right now, man, we appreciate his commitment. It's unbelievable. Color analyst for the Carolina Panthers. Um, his humor is matched only by his stick to Jim Zoki joins us right now on the show. Jim, truly do appreciate your time, as is always the case, man. Um, we're having a tough time, Jim, knowing what to discuss with you. Are you also finding it a challenge to come up with different ways to describe this season? Yeah, if you want to replay last week's uh, segment, we could probably just call it a day, and <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be pretty close on. You know, the interesting thing is, and in, you know, you mentioned a lot of things there. It's like the you know, the, the game. You you run for two hundred yards, like you see positives. You see you see improvements in categories. So they run for two hundred yards. That's usually a recipe for winning. They didn't have very many penalties. Uh, really didn't turn the ball over much. Defense played well because you see the last two touchdowns late were just them going for it deep in their own territory and turning it over on downs and short fields and touchdowns for the last two scores for uh, the the Saints in that game. So it's basically it's fourteen six in the fourth quarter. Eddie Pinheiro misses a very makeable 41-yard field goal. It would have made it 14-9. to And, again, you get first and goal at the one, and you don't get a touchdown. You settle for a field goal. You allow a, what I would still call a blocked punt, although they call it a fumble on Johnny Hecker for a touchdown. But it's like their margin for error is, is not only small, it's none. So they got to almost play perfectly in all the other categories. And it all comes back to what your point was. And it's not just Bryce, but the passing game collectively, the – receivers, him, the pass blocking at times, you know, it's always some combination. And then when they all come together, Bryce misses on a post route that should have been an easy touchdown to Jonathan Mingo, overthrows him by three, four yards. So it's, it just seems so complicated, the forward pass, as far as I give them credit for taking shots down the field, but they were only one out of nine on the 20-plus passes, uh, as far as yardage, 20-plus yard passes they did 
in the game yesterday. So I appreciate Thomas Brown trying to open it up, trying to, you know, maybe catch the other team just kind of loading the box. But it's just, you know, we're 13 games in, and the pass game just has not been very good at all. Jim, uh, a couple of weeks ago I put together a stat that, that looked to see how long after a team bottoms out does it take for them to have winning seasons. And what it told me was three years after a team finishes last in the NFL, they tend to increase their win total by six. And 60% of the time they have winning seasons. Now that assumes that rock bottom only lasts a single season. But here in Carolina, it doesn't look necessarily like that's going to be the case, given everything we know about the roster as it stands now, the draft situation, the cap space, et cetera. In your opinion, how long will rock bottom reign in Carolina? What's well, the beauty of the NFL? It's almost designed to prop you back up. I know they don't have their first round pick, but you know Denver didn't either this past year. And you know the the, the great examples for the Panthers have been their two really bad years, and this will probably be the third one unless something miraculous happens here at the end. Is one in fifteen and two and fourteen, and one in fifteen led to uh, John Fox and Julius Peppers the next year, and I think they won seven that next year, and we're playing in a Super Bowl two years out of that. So that's that's obviously a great example of what could happen. Uh, and then two and 14 happened uh, with John Fox's last year. And out of that came Ron Rivera and Cam Newton the next year. I think they went six and 10 the next year. There was a kind of a slow six, seven win, couple things there before they finally got to where they won the, the 15 and one and went to the Super Bowl several years after that. But uh, every team's different. Every situation's different. So yeah, in, in general, you don't expect to reach a Super Bowl in two, three years after being at the bottom. But if you hire the right coach, if you draft correctly, if you, if you, if Bryce turns out to be the right guy, he just needs the right pieces around him. It, then, then you can do some positive things moving forward. But um, it, kind of the point I was making, you know, they ran for 200 yards. The defense is not awful. I mean, it's not like a bad team. It's a bad record with a really bad passing game, but there are some categories that if you just had even a C minus passing game. You know, this team should have four or five wins. If you had uh, just a kind of a, not, you know, let's say the, if you had the 23rd ranked passing office, 20th passing office, you probably easily got five wins right now. So it's not great, but at least it's not rock bottom, which is what they are right now. Jim, if I gave you a 100 point wheel, okay, now when we do it, we call it blame, okay, but we'll just say responsibility or accountability here, okay, for that passing game. You've got receivers who are not getting separation, you've got Bryce Young who is not making plays. You've got an offensive line whose policy is to be like Denny's always open. Um, how would you assign the accountability there between those three facets? You can also add coaching to that if you'd like. No, I was going to say, uh, I would think of four categories, and you just named them all. I think, you know, the, the way the coaching has gone, the way the O-line has gone, the receivers, and then the guy throwing the ball off to take the blame. So somewhere all in the category of 25%. The issue with Bryce is he should he's new like everyone else has played in the league to some degree there are receivers in that group that have been around the league there are offensive linemen in that group that have been around this league for a long time and obviously it's a coaching staff that's got a lot of pedigree to it so you know Bryce is supposed to be learning and uh, on the job and, and making mistakes and and those things should happen to him so I would almost knock him down to maybe 20 and then add five percent somewhere else but those things all have happened I mean and they sometimes all happen on one play <laughs> we've had situations when Frank Reich was here he's like going oh I forgot that that receiver wasn't on the field and I called a play for him so you, you've literally had every combination of things that can go wrong in the past game uh, doing that so 
I don't, you know, it's, it's with Bryce, you kind of live with the fact that he is a rookie and that he is going to make mistakes. It is disappointing that it does look like the last couple of weeks, like he's, he's taken a step back. So now you start wondering, you know, what mechanics are being ruined by being out there in dire situations, you know, mentally, uh, is he seeing things the way he was earlier? Is his confidence shaken by those things that are going on around him and the losing? I mean, he's not used to losing football games. So I think for him, it's, it's a lot. And, um, you know, hopefully this is all steps towards, you know, this is the work that's being put into where he becomes a good quarterback, that this is, you know, the behind the scenes work that's going to happen that's going to make him better down the road. It's obviously not going to be a quick ascent like C.J. Stroud had going there until this past week, but uh, certainly it needs to be a lot more than what we've seen to this point. Jim, Mark and I get to be hypercritical about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, take us into your prep meetings and your on-air presentation how do you, Anish, Jake, and the crew manage to keep your heads up and the tone light, even though there's not a whole lot to be optimistic about? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're when you're the broadcast for a team, whether it's college, pro, or whatever, you know, you, you're representing them to a large degree. So you're right, we're not there just able to, uh, you know, be critical. And, uh, you know, it's really not our job to, to be that. But you also, you want to be accurate. So to me, it's the balance of, I don't think, and I've been doing this for 29 years with the Panthers, is that, you know, you have to reflect what's accurately going on out there. So before any style points or anything, yeah, I never want to be just a shill for the team or paint it in a way that's not the way that it actually is. If it's bad, there are ways of saying it. There's just wording and things that uh, are not, you know, maybe it's abrasive. And then the other thing is, yeah, you've got to look at, like, you know, what are the positive components? You know, we're, we're doing a radio show, right? So you've got to be, there's an entertainment factor. Entertainment doesn't always have to be funny, but you have to be, compelling, interesting, whatever the case is. So you just kind of get through it and you try to just work through it with the fans. You know, they're the ones that are hanging in that are listening and tuning in and paying attention. You're still doing a show, you know, for them. So whether you're doing a big stadium show or you're doing a small theater with 50 people in it, I think you're still obligated to be a pro, do a good job. Um, you know, find the things that are of interest. Uh, and to, to us, I think too, you know, trying to find some positives, not overdoing it in that way, but, you know, trying to find reasons to you know, look to the future in building blocks and things like that. Really good stuff, as is always the case. Uh, Jim somehow finds a way to make compelling radio in the middle of this, and we appreciate that greatly. Jim, thank you so much, my friend. I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate the jokes all, all along the way, and uh, we look forward to a brighter tomorrow, man. Thanks so much. we got four more. <laughs> Jim, Jim, suck. <laughs> you know, Diesel. Okay, I know we're up against it, man. But like the way he toes the line between like laughing at the team, but also not getting in trouble. It's masterful, isn't it? It it's is masterful. It... Like what he does, he's he like pokes fun and he says things like. We could have the same interview last week, just press play on last week. And then he says, we've got four more. Like, he's acknowledging that we are all, like, <laughs> slogging through the mud to get through the end of this disaster. Yeah. Like, he's poking fun at them, but he never says anything to the point where he steps in and gets himself in trouble. I think, uh, you know, if you're a broadcaster for that kind of and – that, and that's where a lot of people uh, don't understand how professional broadcasters have to behave. They want – radio personalities and broadcasters to talk like they do, like fans do. They want you to rip the team because you're frustrated with the team. First of all, you can't do that because you wouldn't keep your job. Second of all, 
Your job is to just report and analyze what you see in front of you on game day. You know, you you can't spend like, – what would the show be or what would the broadcast be yesterday if the entire uh, four quarters of the game they're just like, ah, this team sucks, Bryce sucks, we have no pass rush. Oh, these idiots, they make stupid play-calling decisions. Oh, you got all the way down to the one and you can't score. What the hell? You can't do that, right? You, so you have to – you have to almost divorce any fandom, and I know Anish. Uh, I I don't know what Anish's personal uh, favorite NFL team is. That may be maybe the Panthers uh, because they sign his paychecks. But I don't know who he's been a fan of since he was a little kid. Uh, he, you have to take your fandom out of it and just present what you see in front of you. Yeah, and he does a hell of a job of that. All right, my friends. We're going to do something with you next here on the show that you will never see coming. And it's on the flip side here on the show that gives you both sides, all sides. It's off sides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.